It's almost like Google Ads is the Marvel and uh, Bing Ads is the DC in this uh, in this little universe of PPC, you could say. Yes. Just furiously trying to catch up and be relevant. Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Pompa, and I'm here with my host, Reese Garcia. Uh, we're super excited because this is our final Texas-based podcast before Reese uh, flies out to, to Cali, where he'll be living the California dream. Are you excited, <laughs> man? We talked about that last episode, but it's, now it's even closer. I know. It's kind of surreal. I mean, because we, you know, we've been doing all this stuff about like me leaving, and I, honestly, like it, it still hasn't hit me yet, and it's probably not going to hit me until I'm like somewhere in the middle of Arizona. It's just, yeah, it's kind of a lot to absorb, but I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, me too, man. What's actually really fun is we actually, at least um, we're up here in Austin and we actually get to do a face-to-face one last time before uh, we go permanently to uh, uh, Skype and uh, Zencast and using all the fun uh, digital tools to keep you connected at least. Mm-hmm. Like I talked about last time, um, you're going to be in a good place, which I'm really excited for. And it's going to be even better for us because then you're going to have some cool new information to share with us. Yes, definitely. So we're actually here in Austin in my new hometown. So we'll have to do one um, from California, as we mentioned. But yeah, our final Texas-based podcast. And what better way to talk, uh, to finish a, finish a Texas-based thing than talk about something as important and as divisive as Bing ads. <laughs> I don't know if you leave any of those things, but it seems like the, the redheaded stepchild of um, PPC, because I feel like more people think of um, like social, like social media marketing before they'll think of Bing ads even. Seems appropriate that it's a redheaded stepchild considering it's based out of Redmond, Washington. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is the kind of information we give you on the pair, pair, pair. All the real, the details that really count. Yes. No, but I mean, I, so I think I was really excited when you brought this up and you wanted to talk about this because this is something that, you know, I'm not 100% familiar with, but I know you, you've had a chance to work on this. And so, you know, I mean, I guess first give us like a quick introduction to like what Bing Ads is. Like, obviously it's going to be something similar to AdWords, but maybe like, what are some of the differences that you see within it? Yeah, I mean, so Bing Ads, very it's very similar to AdWords. And I feel like a lot of what they've done with their platform has been kind of based off of AdWords. And um, I feel like it's almost like I feel a little bit sad for Bing because it's almost like they're kind of trying to run up to Google and they're kind of always just one step behind where it's like Google's like, we're coming out with our biggest update since the dawn of search advertising, expanded text ads. And Bing four weeks later is like, oh, oh, oh we, we, we've got expanded text ads too. And um, they just recently, a couple months ago, came out with automated rules, which has been a part of AdWords for a pretty long time. So they're, they're kind of... Um, trying to lump on new feature after new feature to keep up with um, AdWords. But I, I feel like that kind of dilutes the value of being ads in that they have 22% of the search market. Uh, Google has 63%. So that's a lot of searchers that you can reach. And it's also kind of a different audience than AdWords. Yeah. So it's almost like, uh, it's almost like Bing ads is the Marvel or it's almost like Google ads is the Marvel and uh, Bing ads is the DC in this, uh, in this little universe of PPC, you could say. Yes. Just furiously trying to catch up and be relevant, but having a few missteps. I'm a DC fan. I, you know, I really love all the Batman movies. So it kind of breaks my heart to think that I'm cheering for Bing ads in the <laughs> cinematic universe that is movies right now. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Bing ads is like the Batman versus Superman of contemporary superhero movies. Oh man. That like, really cuts deep in my heart right now. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. So you're saying that, and, and that's one thing, you know, like in doing some of the research for this and kind of like learning more. I mean, it's, it's very, it's a very different audience though. And not, you know, sometimes I would, you and I would talk about this and I would joke, 
you know, Bing, people who use Bing are like, seems like the people who kind of just install Internet Explorer for reasons. Yeah. And then they don't think to update because obviously it's going to default to the Bing search. And I'm like, who uses Bing? It's like these, just those people who just, you know, download IE and then they just kind of stick with what's, what's given to them and they don't even know how to change it. So kind of talk about what you've seen with some of those audiences. I think it'd be kind of cool to hear like a little bit about what's your experience. Like, what do you think that audience is really like though? I mean, in my experience, the comedic take is not too far from life itself. Um, I mean, so a couple, I'll give you a couple examples and I'll give you some data to go with them. Um, so one business that I'll, that I'll give you an example of, uh, they sell apartment marketing and maintenance supplies, um, to apartment complexes. So, Think of like someone who's sitting there in a leasing office, someone like uh, a pretty young person, like in their 20s or 30s and uh, working in a leasing office. They're kind of more involved in keeping up with day to day resident needs and making sure that uh, like maintenance orders are filed properly and getting people signed up and uh, giving people tours. They're not really as concerned with like making sure that they buy specific supplies or like they're not very technical about it because they're not professional buyers. They're That's kind of just like a secondary subset of their responsibilities. Um, and so a lot of those people, I mean, you can imagine that they take the default setup that they're given uh, by the apartment complex. It's most likely a Windows PC that's sitting on their desk and they just use the default Internet Explorer because uh, it's it's not really important to them to invest like in a invest time in like getting Firefox or loading up Chrome full of extensions, unless that's just their personality. But because sitting in front of the computer is probably a smaller portion of what they do. Um, Internet Explorer is most likely what's going to fire up. And in addition to that, Bing. So um, with this uh, particular website, even though there's a lot more volume coming from Google, um, Google revenue is 150% higher, uh, Bing still isn't worth totally ignoring because Bing return on ad spend is actually 10% better than AdWords return on ad spend. So, oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you can see like, and that's just a, a really small example. I'll give you an even more interesting one in a second. Um, you can, I mean, Bing is definitely not worth neglecting. And we actually, uh, when I set up uh, Bing for this particular client, um, after we launched Bing ads a few months later, we were able to see that we were able to get $20,000 more in incremental revenue over a couple of months. Um, and so that with like a 20x return on ad spend definitely made being a, a profitable way to expand. So like just kind of thinking about this too with uh, when you're looking at the numbers and you're talking about um, like, you know, your cost per acquisition and the efficiency of what you're making on the ROI or return on ad spend, I guess, you know, it's going to be a marginal kind of compared to what you're seeing with uh, Google. So I was looking at some examples earlier, um, some case studies, and one was showing that like, you know, Google was returning about like, they were getting like 972 conversions, whatever their campaign was in this case study. And then, you know, Bing was only getting like 169 or 72 or something like that. But, you know, the cost per acquisition was significantly lower. So on like the Google, the Google one was about like $30 uh, CPA while the Bing was $11 CPA. And again, if you look at that, like the, the, the CPA part looks really good, but then if you look at the actual total conversions. So when you're looking at that, do you just kind of see it's more of a, are you saying, do you think it's been more beneficial if you look at being as a supplementary as opposed to being a primary way to make more money just as an alternative? Is that the best way to approach that? Yeah, I mean, I I guess I would say it's it's fair to say that it's supplementary in addition to your other search marketing stuff. It's tough to say for me, and even though, it, like I said, it is a different audience, I can't say that, I mean, in, in my experience, like, yeah, they're, they're older, less technical um, users, typically, or less te te technical people. But um, 
because Google has such a larger share of the search market, it, I think it's going to be difficult in most cases to kind of base your entire search strategy off of Bing. Right. That being said, it's a great source of incremental profits and leads. I guess it's just important to establish that this is going to be a supplementary thing. It's not, you're not going to, you're not going to switch completely from AdWords to Bing basically is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Like even if, even though your data is going to look a little bit nicer in terms of like your conversion rates and your percentages and all the, the things that, you know, show that you're doing a good job. It's just, it's still like supplemental to the, to what your, your main uh, efforts are. Right. Right. Yeah. And like, I mean, another case that I think shows that pretty well, um, Bing revenue per visit is 81% higher than um, AdWords for another client that I work with, but Google provides 80% of the revenue. Yeah. So it's just like adding a little bit more, uh, it's like putting like a cherry or some whipped cream on top of your Sunday as opposed <laughs> to like, you wouldn't eat that for your Sunday. <laughs> You'd be a little bit disappointed. This is all you got. <laughs> or you might be happy. I don't know. But you're gonna, if you're thinking you're going to get a banana split and you're only getting like whipped cream and a cherry, you're like, oh, well, mm-hmm. maybe that $5 wasn't worth it. <laughs> no, I think that, and I think it's good to know because I think sometimes, you know, people we get caught, like, especially with client work, you know, when you introduce like new platforms, they think this is going to be just another like major arm of, you know, it's going to be a lo- another leg to stand on for them to bring in revenue. It's like, well, no, like, that's always going to be the case. It's, it's really just supplementing our main work. So we want to give you increases, but it's not going to be, you know, it's, you can't, you're not going to have another pillar of revenue really that's going to like hold your business up, right? Or do you see that differently? Does it depend like, I guess, industry, industry? I mean, you know, like if you're if you're talking pillars, like if we were just to use like support beams for a building as a as an analogy, I mean, you wouldn't just replace one support beam with another. You'd likely just add a support beam mm-hmm. for extra support. Kind of like, I mean, even if you were advertising on social networks and Facebook was a huge part of what you're doing. Um, I mean, it's per, like Facebook is pretty clearly the biggest social network for advertising um, and in general. But you wouldn't just say like, well, I think we're going to advertise on Twitter. So let's just stop everything we're doing on Facebook and put all that money into Twitter all of a sudden. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So, um, I know you went through a couple of campaigns. Did you have any more like other positive campaigns you've worked on and kind of, um, did you apply any different tactics to that when you were using Bing versus, uh, Google at all? That's a good question. Um, I would say, I mean, the processes are still pretty similar, um, to what I would normally do, but I don't necessarily always manage the exact same campaign uh, in Bing that I do in AdWords. And so I know like it's really common because Bing has that feature where you can import AdWords campaigns, you can link to your account and then just copy the same stuff over into Bing. Um, In certain cases, that's fine. Like if you have a really good structure um, that you want to import over and it's relevant, then I think that's fine. Um, There are other times where there are older accounts that I've been managing and uh, it doesn't make sense necessarily to rehaul the entire structure. But I do know that there could be a better structure if we were starting fresh. So sometimes what I'll do is instead of just importing an older kind of legacy structure um, from AdWords into being, I'll just go ahead and take the best parts of that structure and then do something fresh, like basically take the top performing queries, make those in a single ad, a single keyword ad groups, and then upload that to Bing instead and just kind of start at the, the most optimal way that I would if I'd you know taken that account over to begin with. And I think that kind of segues into like a couple ways that uh, people like to manage Bing campaigns. Um, I've seen things out there where people talk about um, 
one of their regular processes that they bake into their account management is on a regular uh, basis, they'll just kind of um, refresh their sync between AdWords and Bing ads. And I mean, I think, I mean, yeah, it, it saves time and it's really efficient, but at the same it's, time- It's just mirroring, right? Is what you're saying? You're just basically mirroring whatever you're doing in AdWords? Yeah, it, yeah, it, basically exactly. Just refreshing and copying over the exact same changes on a regular basis. But I don't really think that's fair to your Bing audience. And I think it's selling yourself and the channel short because, I mean, it's really not the same audience. And there's no reason to treat them identically. Kind of like going back to my Facebook, Twitter example, um, if you have a really successful uh, campaign or um, set of campaigns going on on Facebook, you wouldn't just copy over the exact same stuff and import them to Twitter because it's a different audience. And pe those people consume information differently. You're right. And I think that's really important to think about when you're that makes sense. I mean, and I think that's kind of like maybe like the hardest question for people to have is, okay, like it's a smaller, it's a smaller segment of search. So, you know, it's like, it's, you know, relatively speaking, it's going to be a, a different audience from what we're used to seeing on Google. So I guess what's the best way to determine if like Bing is the platform that you should start with if you're not already using it? Like, so how, how would you come to the decision if you have a client like to say yes or no? And again, like I think, you know, everyone is always going to say, like, well, you should at least try it just to see if it's going to be beneficial for you. But I guess like first, if like a client's like, you know, questioning, like, should we do this? You know, how, how would you come to that yes or no conclusion, though? The way that I've helped or the way that I've encouraged clients to expand to being in the past is if I'm I'll just go ahead and do a comparison of their organic traffic in Google Analytics. And so a lot of times, I mean, you're almost always going to see that Google has the majority of the volume. But I like to look at engagement metrics, micro conversions that you might have already set up in analytics and your macro conversions, whether that's um, like some kind of. Uh, lead that you're generating or revenue if you're an e-commerce site. If I see that Bing has a significantly higher conversion rate than Google, or if Bing revenue per session is better than Google, that's a, I mean that's already a really strong early case to expand to Bing ads. And so that's one I think where I mean every time that I've conveyed those kinds of findings to clients, it's always it's never been like well we could just try to see what happens but it's it's always been like hey there's some data that shows that this could be a really good idea and those are uh in every situation where i've had that kind of finding and then we did move over to being ads it, it's always been a pretty profitable expansion and i think that's really important too to to really look at historical data and we kind of talked about this before in a couple of other episodes and you know this is something even like worth talking about more and like even its own episode of how do you like segment data how do you compare, you know, different cohorts of users and stuff. Cause we talked about that when we were talking about um, our, our mobile episode where, you know, I was saying like one of the ways I kind of look at it is like kind of, I go to the analytics too, look at the device categories and see like what you just mentioned. It's like, you know, what are these engagement metrics looks like on the different devices? And that's how come for sometimes, and much to Google's dismay, you know, we'll say like we said, like, that's what we were saying. Like you want to set like a minus 100 on your mobile just because if it's not there, then it doesn't make sense to put all your, all your eggs in that or put any eggs in that basket. So I think that's really important to really consider. I mean, it, it sound, it's kind of like the basics. So uh, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely agree with that. And I think that's really important. So I think it'd be kind of fun to talk about too, even more in depth, like how like various things to look at, like not even just like obviously devices or traffic, but even go for deeper into that. But um, is it is it always convincing for clients or sometimes they have like little hesitations? Because like I said, I think the hardest part sometimes to wrap your head around if you're, or for clients to wrap their heads around is like, they're going to see a, the number, like the percentages might look better, but the, the volume of it is different. So 
is there any is there any like pushback when they're like, well, this is only like a hundred, like ten conversions versus like the hundred I'm getting over here? Is there any pushback on that sometimes? I think that really it, it depends on a lot of factors. So I mean, one, it depends on like what the client's goals are. Um, I, I think like if uh, you're running a campaign where they're they're really just they they don't want to grow very aggressively, but they definitely want they're they're more focused on spending less and having a higher ROI. In that kind of case, even though being very well could, um, it, I mean, I've found in a lot of cases it doesn't require as much or a ton of spend and return on ad spend and ROI has typically been very good. Um, they might Those kinds of very conservative clients might be a little bit more difficult to convince. Uh, I think it also kind of depends on the relationship that you've had with that client and maybe how long you've been working with them. So if it's a case where um, you haven't been working for this uh, client for very long and you've been with them for maybe a month or two, and if it's also a case where they're going to have to spend more money in order to branch out to being ads and you haven't really helped them fulfill their um, AdWords goals yet or you haven't really reached any milestones with them, then I think that they're also going to be like, hey, this guy's just trying to get me to spend more money. He's just like Google. He's <laughs> <laughs> just like Google. Yeah, like a, not the most positive compliment, I guess, in that context. <laughs> well, and I think that's important. Like, um, you know, talking about the relationship with the client, I mean, that's something that, you know, we've always focused on is like really trying to like, you know, really pull that information out of the client. Like, what are your goals? Like, what do you really want to accomplish? How are you actually going to measure our success? And sometimes clients have an idea of what they think that's going to be, but then, you know, when you talk to them, they get mad about something. So, uh, as you know, it's always important to be able to pull that out as best you can early, especially early on, like as you're developing that relationship and really setting like, you know, guidelines like, hey, here's what we're going to do for you. Here's the goals that we're going to set up based on our conversations. You know, here's what we can expect from, you know, from this like paid traffic channel. Um, so I think that's really important. And, you know, kind of going on that, you know, you're, you know, we're talking about like success, like some of the success you've seen with Bing, but how do you know, when do you know to pull the plug on Bing or do you ever want to pull the plug or do you just want to, even if it's just like getting like a couple of leads and even if it's only like a buck, do you still want to do it or is it, is it the, the effort to manage it still worth it? I guess how, how do you draw that line for yourself at least? Yeah, that's, that's, I like that question too. And I think that comes down to a few things. I mean, I think the first thing that matters is, good expectation management. And the second thing is being honest about how you interpret data. And then the third thing is making sure that you're doing everything possible to um, iterate and pivot if you need to and come up with a strategy um, off of a really good hypothesis that you think is going to work better for that channel if what you try initially doesn't pan out. And so when it comes to managing expectations, um, I mean, really any time that uh, a client and I get started on a new project, um, there's, especially if it's something where we're expanding into new territory and we don't have good benchmark data yet, then it's, I mean, it's always kind of like at least a 90 day process where the first month, unfortunately, is going to be the worst month. That's because we're going to be learning a lot of new things in that month. We're going to be figuring out what works and what doesn't. The second month, we're going to be getting a little bit closer to hitting those goals. And the third month is hopefully when we um, close the gap on meeting whatever the goals that we decided on are. Um, which in the first place should be realistic and shouldn't um, just kind of be like whatever number someone comes up with. Um, the second part of interpreting the data honestly, you know, I, I kind of mentioned earlier, you might use organic traffic uh, conversion rates and revenue as benchmarks. But at the same time, I mean, the projections and forecasts that you create based off of that historical data is just an estimate. And there, I mean, you're going to run into lots of situations where um, 
that you know your estimate is off by some degree it's it's kind of impossible to use historical data to come up with a 100% accurate forecast uh, and that could even be a larger conversation on how a cannonball should you be for your estimates which uh, it, it's tough unless you have a crystal ball <laughs> <laughs> or your or your mother Cleo before she passed <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly um, yeah I mean as, as a as a PPC manager you're, you're not a fortune teller um, but the third part is I mean, when you're when you set the expectations up of the realistic goals that you're going to decide on, and you also set the expectation that you're working off of estimates. Um, you know, know who your audience is um, based on your data. I mean, that's usually a good indication. Know whether your audience is going to be relevant for being like if you're trying to um, like sell clothes to teenagers. Being ads is not my first thing that comes to mind. Um, and you know, also, I mean. Don't, don't don't pull the plug too soon like don't go two weeks in and say like oh we're not getting anything from bing i knew we shouldn't have done that like that's that's definitely pulling the plug way too soon but give it a fair trial i mean don't treat it differently than you would adwords in that respect like don't give it less credit um than it deserves so i mean really i mean work through like whatever your typical period is for trying something out i mean for me it's usually like 90 days to really vet a platform or a channel and make sure that we can get um good results from it yeah and i i think uh i think that's important i just wanted to make a note on the historical data part that you were talking about um you know you're saying like no it's it's still just it's it's just providing an estimate but it's not always going to be like 100 percent accurate just because again we're not fortune tellers Mm -hmm. on any of this stuff but i think that's like that's an important like thing to note about historical data you know you might see that um you know, organic traffic from Bing versus Google. Google's 99% and Bing is 1%. But I think what's important to consider is, you know, that's based on what you've been doing, though. So, you know, there's something that we can talk about in uh, in future in future episodes, but there's like leading and lagging indicators. And that's a lagging indicator because it's based on what you've already done. So the data you're seeing when it comes to historical data, that's, stuff, that's usually based on, for the most part, on stuff that you've already done. So it's, it's based on what your actions are. So basically what I'm saying is like it's going to be based on you know, if you're like continu- you know, continuously doing one thing, you know, don't there, there was no there's no reason to expect another channel would just randomly like do well. Like, there's no reason to expect Bing would randomly do well for you just because based on what you've already done. Mm-hmm. So that's an important thing to note too when you're looking at historical data of any source, with any, whether it's by traffic, device, you know, whatever you're looking at is that, you know, it's it's based on what you've already done. It's a lagging indicator, meaning that it's not gonna like, it's not giving you guidance on what you should be doing, but it's still important to consider in how you can set expectations as you were saying. But I think it's important to consider when you, when, if you're looking at historical data as a digital marketer because you might don't fall into the trap thinking that this is how it's always going to be. You can, you can definitely change that. And we've seen some really cool stuff. Um, you know, our, our, again, just because I know that's what's the one we worked on. Like, it was our favorite thing to see with the hand dryers because when you noticed that you know, the products, some certain products were doing well based on like, other metrics, mm-hmm. you know, there was nothing you know, indicating it that, it would, that it was doing bad in the analytics point of view. It was like a, a strong product, but you know, you were able to take that um, some other data and actually move it even higher, move the needle on that product even more, which was really cool to see. And so, and I think that's a good uh, way to look at it though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Bing's a great source for, um, I mean, incremental expansion. So how far, um, I guess, when do you think, uh, when do you think someone should start trying Bing? Like, is this something that you recommend like on the first day you get a new client? Is this something that if you're setting up a brand, like say maybe someone's like new to AdWords, are you saying should we, you, uh, you also develop one for Bing? At the same, like, you know, concurrently, or is this something that you're going to do? Like, you're going to work on AdWords first, refine that, get a process for that, and then do Bing. I guess, well, how do you kind of look at that, or what, what do you prefer? 
Yeah, I mean, I'll like I'll just give you my personal preference, which is to kind of just focus on one platform at a time and I just don't like to get too like too scattered. So I'd rather focus on one platform for maybe a month or two and make sure that um, I mean at, at least right. But I want to make sure that I'm getting consistent results from one platform and that we're improving. That we've kind of satisfied the goals that have been outlined for that platform and then expanded Bing. Um, there might be other cases where someone wants to grow really aggressively um, and they want to do Bing and AdWords at the same time. But if you're new to both of those, I feel like it's kind of risky. And I mean, between the effort that you divide across both of those platforms, I feel like that kind of invites diminishing returns. And I think it's going to be a, a much stronger play in the long run to figure out what works well on um AdWords first and at least get some good search query data if you don't already have that and then use that to make even better campaigns for Bing. Yeah, and I think the idea of uh, the diminishing returns is really important to consider, especially as a digital marketer, especially if things are new to you or even if you have some experience, I mean, it's still worth taking the time to like still follow your processes, follow your, you know, your, your procedures and how you do something because you don't want to skip something and then everything goes haywire. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of uh, good research out there that shows that you can't multitask. Mm -hmm. So it's really efficient. Um, when you're like, if you're going to set, like, if you do like the, you work an hour, take 10 minutes break, work an hour, take 10 minute break type thing. It's really important to like focus that one hour on just that. If you're trying to like manage 30 minutes on this and 30 minutes on AdWords or, you know, 30 minutes on Bing, 30 minutes on AdWords, it's not going to be as effective. And yeah, you're going to, you're going to lose, you're going to, you're going to fall. You're going to let some pieces fall through the cracks. And so, yeah, I think that's really important to really stick stick to one thing. And I, I would agree with that. Unless you have a team of some sort, maybe you can delegate some stuff out. But even then, um, you want to make sure you have people that have the time to actually do that too. So I think that's really important to consider. Yeah, and also, I mean, I, I feel like also if you're starting both at the same time, new, like if you're the client doing that, I mean, I feel like it also kind of invites extra pressure because you're probably, I mean, if it's, if you're not paying more per, pl per platform, then you're definitely going to be spending more in terms of ad spend. So, I mean, you're also in a position where you're spending more money, uh, not making it as soon as you would expect, especially because, I mean, from the client point of view, you're doing two things at once and you're hoping to get twice the returns. Um, even though they're like your account manager, or whoever might explicitly warn against that. I, th I feel like implicitly it's difficult not to think that. And so, I mean, that, that definitely creates a lot of pressure for the team who's trying to work on that. And I, I think it's kind of an easy way to um, sour a potentially good search marketing strategy and relationship. And I think in going and coming from like the our, our project management uh, backgrounds, um, obviously you're, you're a scrum sort or you're a scrum master. Um, we follow a pretty uh, uh, method. Uh, we follow a methodological process of um, Kanban. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like a subset of Scrum. And I mean, the whole point of like Scrum or Kanban is like you're only working on one thing at a time too. So that way you're very focused. You're very efficient that way, and it's easier to manage that. So you can have like all the stuff that client your client wants to do. But then if you just break that down to the individual components and just focus on those and make sure they're successful, um, you'll definitely be more successful and you'll have a better relationship with your client because, yeah, when you're, there's a lot of moving parts and you're trying to juggle all of them and the client has, even if you establish like solid expectations, you know, as soon as some of those start to dip, you're going to be mm -hmm. on the hook for that. So it's, you know, it's easier to just juggle one ball than like five. <laughs> I know. I 100% agree with that. So I guess in the end with Bing ads and, you know, versus Google, what, you know, what, what would you recommend for like anyone like, you know, dipping their toe into this? What are some good resources that you would say to, to check out first when you're like starting to dip your toe into Bing? 
Um, that's a good question. I mean, if you're if you're wanting to just get familiar with the platform, Bing Ads also has like the, their own certification program. So there's a lot of training resources that they provide um, that you can get and walk through on your way to becoming a Bing Ads accredited professional, um, it, which is the name of their certification. It does sound a little bit more fancy than uh, just being AdWords certified. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like an official, like you're like a vetted consultant. <laughs> <laughs> I know certified just sounds like you're like a some sort of mechanic on AdWords. And then <laughs> this other one sounds like you're like the, yeah, the consultant level, like you're wearing a suit and tie when you're yes. coming in. So. I know. Yeah, you're, you're very right. Um, there's other good stuff. Like, I mean, I can't really think of any other particular articles or anything like that off the top of my head, like, um, PPC hero and search engine journal, um, search engine land, all of those have lots of information on being, um, I feel like one place where it, like it just doesn't get, it's like full credit it serves is like a lot of the stuff I find on being is mostly just kind of like feature updates and um, just kind of like other basic things like how to use like reports and Bing because it's a little different than AdWords. But I feel like there's not a lot of strategic Bing content out there. It's a lot, a lot of it's very feature-based, which is kind of unfortunate. Yeah, and and I guess, because I guess some people do follow that, that first methodology you uh, laid out of just mirroring what you're doing in analytics or thinking that the same strategies can apply. And while you probably could set up the same structures or say, set up the same campaigns, you're still probably going to manage them differently just because, again, like it, it is a whole different audience. I mean, you know, we're joking about it's just this like people who download randomly IE and then they just like don't change anything. And, you know, obviously that's a very different tech because I know like as soon as I got like a new computer, I you know I'm getting Chrome. I'm, you know, putting all these plugins that I've already had. I'm adding new plugins, researching stuff. And, you know, I, I follow, um, you know, various Twitter accounts that let me know when new things come out. It's like, oh, cool. This seems like something that's useful for me. Yeah. Or, you know, you and I talk about that kind of stuff. And so. <laughs> Um, I know mom, like for like my mom's not doing that, like on her computer, she definitely uses IE and I get so confused. Like, why are you using this? It's so useless. <laughs> but people use it apparently. Like I definitely just, just look at your own analytics. You'll, you'll see in your clients or your business's analytics that people are coming to you from Bing. And yeah, it's definitely worth looking, you know, creating some customer reports or just, you know, just even within the automated reports Google creates to, you know, see those different engagements. Cause it, it, it's kind of fun. It's, it's really fascinating to see how different, um, those users are yeah. in, in the long run. And so it's definitely, I mean, it's, you know, like digital marketing 101 of like, you know, know your audience and it's going to, it's a different audience. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're, it's easier for someone like, you know, Reese or myself to identify with Google audience because that's, that's who we use. And, we're, you know, we're like really plugged into that ecosystem, but, you know, switching that mindset and putting yourself in the shoes of a, of a Bing user. Yeah, exactly. Very sad shoes. Just, <laughs> feel very sad afterwards. It's just very, <laughs> just kidding. very generic kids. Oh, <laughs> I just pictured someone in Keds and it made me really sad. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, I mean, you're a hundred percent right. Like if there's, I mean, closing, my closing thought on this is like, I mean, you wouldn't treat audio, like you wouldn't treat any other separate audience identical. So there's no reason to do that with Bing. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to see, um, I know, uh, you know, I'm sure you'll be writing some stuff too for this as well. Just your, your thoughts on Bing and some strategies you've seen. That'd be really cool. So I'm excited to read that, man. Yeah, definitely. Well, thanks so much um, for listening. Uh, you guys can always find us on SoundCloud and iTunes, the Pear Bear Pear. Uh, you can also find us online at pearbearpear.com. And definitely follow Reese and myself. I mean, we, again, we love uh, talking about this stuff. Um, when we work together, this is all we did. We would have something called Beer 30 around 4.30, grab a beer, just hang out and you know, talk about you know, just some personal stuff, some life stuff. But for the most part, it was just digital marketing, our thoughts on stuff. And this is kind of where we, how we got to here. So you know, just definitely always feel free to tweet us. You can reach Reese at... Papa Reese. You can always reach me at mvpompa.com. 
or mvpompa, not .com. <laughs> you can visit my website too if you want. Nothing's really on there, but um, yeah, you can tweet me at mvpompa. And I mean, we love talking about this. So we've gotten some really great feedback um, on, on a few things. I um, loved some of the interactions we've had, but uh, yeah, definitely leave us a comment if you have a question about being, you've, if you're dipping your toe into it, Reese is going to be the man to definitely help you out in developing a strategy or, you know, cons- you know, talking through it with you. And, and I'm always, I always love talking about data and how to analyze it and how to, you know, what does it mean? What did, what does it mean? And how you, um, get something useful out of it. That's, that's definitely what we love doing. So, uh, thanks for listening guys. Uh, we'll see you in a fortnight. Um, and Reese will, I think that next one you'll be broadcasting actually from California. I think it's so. Gonna be, it's going to be weird, but it's going to be fun. <laughs> I don't know why we can never close these things out. <laughs> And that's why they call it a wrap. (laughs) (laughs) 